One monster Krabby Patty. Monster Krabby Patty? Monster Krabby Patty? Monster Krabby Patty? Oh, dear Neptune. Ah, oh, boy. We can do this. At the count of three, we flip. Ready? One, two, three. Dad? Cue the intro! I'm ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. It's a pleasure to welcome you aboard as we continue our sail through the fourth season of SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and on today's episode, we find out whether or not there's truth to the old expression, all that glitters is not gold. I love gold! An incredibly old expression that we'll dive into in a little bit. But, mateys, just so you know how your captain is doing as things move along, I have had a wave of momentum over the last few days of energy, of getting things done, and I am checking marks off of boxes that I've been wanting to for months. So, things are on the upswing for the captain over the last few weeks, and I just wanted you to know that. I always try to to not pull the curtain back too often, there are some of you out there, certainly not here for that, and, and there are also just a time and a place for it, and I just felt this was the time to let you know things are, are looking you know, pretty well for the captain here. And especially with a, an episode like this that we have on today's docket, what's not to love with an episode like All That Glitters, the first half of the 72nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiered on June 2nd, 2006. It was storyboard directed by Eric Weiss and Zeus Service, who also wrote this episode alongside Stephen Banks. Our storyboard artists for this episode are Clint Bond, John Magnese, Brad Vandergrift, and Chuck Klein. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. Our technical director is Vincent Waller, and our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. After knowing that I was going to make one Austin Powers reference, and I guess very early on, earlier than anticipated, then a second one just came to mind. I don't anticipate a third one as of now, but I imagine there will be one at some point in this episode. So if you're a fan... Let's see if you can find that third one, since I've already spoiled these last two. Anyway, All That Glitters, Coming After Karate Island, is another episode with not only an animated title card, which is a weird change of pace to have not only one of our first animated title cards, but to then follow it with another one. It's just a, a little, not, not necessarily weird, but it's interesting. It's new. And this one is not just an animated title card. This is also the first 3D font title card that we've had in SpongeBob SquarePants. Those little firsts that we can pin on these episodes. And it certainly is a nice change of pace. I can appreciate a good, memorable title card. There are some out there that just blend in and 
you know, who who knows what is going on on that day, on what decision is made, on what the title card looks like. But when you can establish a real memorable one, it can actually enhance an episode because that's what you start out with. That's the cover of the book, as you will. That's what you see on the shelf. That's what you're going to remember, that title card. So all that glitters has one that really pops out, no pun intended. But beyond that, the fact that they have this glitter effect happening with the the gold lettering just sets the tone for this episode. Um, We'll get into the meaning of all that glitters later on and, and what that means or where it came from. But as this episode opens up, we see a new character ordering at the Krusty Krab. And although this man seems a little more portly than most of the fish that are ordering at the Krusty Krab, he orders something that utters the restaurant silent, in a state of shock, if you will, including SpongeBob himself, who you would think, being the the burger master of the grill he is, would want to tackle anything on that menu. But when this man comes in and orders something that Not even Bubble Bass comes in and orders. You would think that if any of the characters in Bikini Bottom comes in and orders this one item on the menu that is so rare that it utters everybody to stop what they're doing, stop what they're eating, to pay attention that somebody actually ordered this thing, you would think Bubble Bass would be the one. But no, this is another gentleman coming in. And this sauce of a man orders what is known as the Monster Krabby Patty, which, once again, sends a shockwave around the restaurant to everyone, excluding Squidward, who seems amused, at least enough to mention that this isn't an item that is regularly ordered, but other than that, doesn't seem bothered by this idea happening. If the Monster Krabby Patty is such a problem to make and is a known issue or is a known problem in some regard that when somebody orders it, it's a general shock, why even have it on the menu? I understand that restaurants have their their daring challenges. I was an avid watcher of Man vs. Food for a while. And you would see these challenges that restaurants would have that I'm sure is not being ordered every single day. Every once in a while, somebody will will take the challenge on, but it isn't necessarily something that is being ordered day after day after day. Maybe in certain restaurants it is, but for the most part, those are challenges for a reason. Usually with very minimal winners posted for you to see, and and the least amount of winners means the higher the challenge. So it seems like the Monster Krabby Patty, from all aspects, is not worth challenging at all, but this sauce is willing to do it, and a pound of meat, these, speaking of meat, by the way, these meaty arms come into frame and drop off the pound of meat onto the onto the fryer, onto the grill, not a fryer, and these arms, they're realistic human arms, very much like what we see when Hans comes in to frame, you know, a realistic hand, and these are realistic as well, but there's no sleeves, so you have these hairy arms come into frame 
dropping off the pound of meat onto the grill. And it's one of my favorite shots thus far of this season. I think it's overlooked, even though you get a, a second helping of these hands later on in the episode, I think the gag is overlooked because of everything else that goes on in this episode and then everything that happens in season four. But the visual gag gets an A-plus for me. I, I laughed so much when those came into frame because I forgot about them. I forgot about these these big realistic arms who apparently, according to Vincent Waller, there is a name associated to whose arms are those? Well, according to Vincent, Steve Downs, the animatic editor for the show, may have been the one behind these exquisite models for these arms. And my my arms salute Steve in this regard. It, it's a great gag. Whoever came up with it, too. Wonderful stuff. So this just pound of Krabby Patty meat is dumped on the grill. SpongeBob is terrified of this thing. And we soon find out why. It's when he goes to flip this pound of meat with his very flimsy spatula that it breaks, snaps right in half, and SpongeBob immediately goes into one of many crying fits in this episode. This first one is a little bit more tolerable than the second crying fit. This is extremely understandable, and where it goes with with him just running around with the handles screaming at all of the customers in the Krusty Krab, people in the bathroom. He's leaving the Krusty Krab, screaming at police, screaming at babies, going into town, screaming at himself in the mirror, uh, even going to a therapist for the second time this season, which I don't know if that's trying to say something to SpongeBob himself that he keeps ending up in the uh, in the chair. We get an appearance by Patrick in this episode who ends up meeting SpongeBob somewhere out in, in some field on a mountain. He just walks up to him, starts crying alongside him, and that's pretty much it for Patrick in this episode. <laughs> Once we make it back to the Krusty Krab, an ambulance leaves the restaurant, which is hilarious to me. The fact that the ambulance and the hospital would even get involved with spatulas in some way is just, it's funny. It adds a whole new layer to this entire dig at the medical field that has happened through this season a few times where, look, they're wasting resources on spatulas, which in this episode appear to be a little bit more sentient than we have been previously led on to believe, which then makes any of my previous statements of not wanting the hospital staff or otherwise to aid in their assistance seem a little bit more cruel, and now I'm torn. But SpongeBob seems like he's not the best of spatula owners himself as he heads to the hospital and sees that an entire hospital bed and machinery and wiring have been placed on this spatula that is broken in half it's all bandaged up on the ends where it snapped. And the visual of seeing the spatula in this hospital bed is one of the funniest single frames of this season as well. 
This episode, I don't know where it would sit in the episode ranking as an entire package. I feel like it might be on the higher end, but still be closer to the middle. But there are moments in this episode that are top tier for this season. Having a hospital bed, having the ambulance pick up the spatula is one of them. Having even the hospital bed laid out with all of the tools and whatnot, right behind that. Right right there in terms of humor for me. SpongeBob reminisces of his times with Spatchy. And it would be cool if this was still the first spatula from the first episode. The spatula that got SpongeBob his job. That, that hydrodynamic spatula with port and starboard attachments. Then it would be a little bit more understandable as to why he would feel this way. And narratively, it would make sense because if this was the same spatula from episode one, it's the spatula who got him his job in the first place. It would have been nice if if they had an episode about a spatula breaking. If for one episode they could have just brought back the hydrodynamic spatula and it breaks, and that's what SpongeBob gets upset about. That's a special spatula to him. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that spatula, I mean, we I think we've seen it somewhere else in his house. He's kept it elsewhere. But just saying, if you were ever going to have a, a breaking spatula episode, I think that's a meaningful one. Maybe they're keeping that for the series finale. Oh, my goodness. Did I just birth that idea into the ether? Never mind. Anyway, so the spatula that we see in this episode is by all accounts a normal spatula there aren't any attachments there isn't anything that is special about it but for most of the series we haven't seen spongebob use the hydrodynamic spatula so this is one that has been with him for a while he goes through an account of their time together which of course includes the krabby patty flipping of its normal day-to-day job, but then Spongebob also brings the spatula with him to the beach to flip him over. He also uses it to scratch his back, which I'm sure the patrons of the Krusty Krab would love to know. He also uses this spatula to play ping-pong with, which, you know, probably would make a good ping-pong paddle. But then he's also bringing it home and using it to retrieve his remote from under the sofa. I'm sure a dusty and arguably sandy area to have your spatula. But even if you toss all of that to the side, this spatula could save your life if you ever find yourself being attacked by a pirate who may or may not also be within the production of pies that house bombs within them, and that pirate is attacking you with his sword, this spatula could be your tool to tossing that pirate right off of a cliff. So it saved... His life once. We have no idea the context as to why SpongeBob was being attacked by this pirate. And regardless of the reason, at one point in his life, this spatula saved his life. It was the defense to this attack. So you can now understand a little bit as to why SpongeBob would be so upset over a tool that most of us, if we had a spatula that broke probably wouldn't shed a tear unless it was a family heirloom or it was passed down. You may be a little bit more sad than your average person, but if there wasn't any sort of attachment to a spatula, it would break. 
we would toss it out and get a new one. And even in that case that there is attachment to that spatula, I think most people would still get up and move on, still work with another spatula, even if they try to repair their their special spatula, maybe even for just decorative purposes, to just keep it on display. There's other purposes for your tools after they break, even in an artistic sense, even if you put it in a shadow box and, and display it somewhere. There are ways that those can still be meaningful in your life. It doesn't have to just be tossed out. But for most of us, we would just replace the spatula. And to the orders of this doctor who comes up to SpongeBob, it's in his best ideas to look into replacing this spatula with a new one and to maybe think about moving on. It doesn't seem like this is going to be a situation that is going to be positive for this spatula. We also find out that this doctor is not a doctor. It's an actor looking into the role of being a doctor. He has an audition and uh, thinks he's nailed the part since SpongeBob was fooled enough, although it's, it's SpongeBob. The guy was pretty convincing, We've been in the hospital enough this season that for a moment I just took it as a whole new doctor. Yeah, it's a new one. So when you find out it's an actor, I don't know if it's now that the hospital is letting actors research roles in a wing where they take in the non-human objects that people in Bikini Bottom call the hospital for to, to repair. Do they repair other things other than fish, you know, like if your lawnmower breaks, do you call 911 and the ambulance picks up your lawnmower and they bring it to the hospital and there's a wing for machines and they fix your lawnmower and then they bring it back. Is that a thing? Maybe. <laughs> it feels like there is something else going on here as to why they would let actors impersonate doctors and it's happening in a wing where they are also allowing non-fish equipment, kitchen equipment, machinery, things to come in and be hooked up to the same machinery, be in the same beds, wheelchairs. There's something going on. It's not really laid out to us in this episode as to as to what it is, but um I don't know, it doesn't just doesn't seem right to me. As SpongeBob leaves the hospital, he's left only with the advice to move on and get a new spatula, and it's during this walk back from the hospital that he passes by a window display with, of course, the fanciest spatula you'll ever see in your life. I don't think anyone out there could design a more fancy-looking spatula than this one. That's not a, a subjective thought, that's an objective fact, ladies and gentlemen of the Ready Crew. But let me say this, just because it looks fancy, the whole point of this episode is that just because it may have the appearance of being the fanciest-looking spatula, and even if it may be the fanciest-looking spatula, is it actually the best spatula? Does its looks matter in this situation? Not really. I think if you go up to anybody who works with their hands, works with tools... Whether or not it's in the kitchen, could be outside of the kitchen, 
But if you go and ask anybody out there in a field where tools are in their hand for a job, the appearance of the tool, the overall cool factor, the fanciness, at the end of the day, isn't going to matter as much as its effectiveness of the job at hand. Now, there are certainly those out there who could take the fanciest looking of tools and apply them to the best of their abilities and come out with some fantastic work. I'm not here to say that if it looks fancy, it can't also be really good. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to go into the idea that because this item, this tool, looks the best among the rest, it's also going to perform at that same level. That's that's what we're talking about. Those two levels are completely different, and one does not necessarily necessitate what the other is going to look like. So SpongeBob, though, is awestruck at this spatula. It's a great visual shot, and it's a great gag, whoever came up with it, of SpongeBob. We are looking at SpongeBob from within the store, so SpongeBob walks past the glass. He notices this spatula, lay spatula, and he, he keeps going. He doesn't want to think about it anymore, but then he ends up back in the store. It's not that he comes back to the window. It's that when he comes back into frame from stage left, the right side of the screen, SpongeBob is now inside of the store. I love that. Absolutely love it. it it's so quick, but... It's one of those just moments in this episode I, I love. Before he gets to even touch the spatula, oh, I'm sorry, lay spatula, Fred comes into frame as the proprietor of this store. Now, this may not necessarily be Fred, quote-unquote, that we know who constantly breaks his leg, but he's of the same fish family, the same species of fish, and gives off the exact same appearance of who we know as Fred. What's interesting, though, is that this variation of Fred with the blue suit, the yellow undershirt, the exact same tie, though without a hat, is the one in the episode One Crab's Trash who paddles upstream of Mr. Krabs's drool and offers him one million dollars for the soda drink hat with a different accent but it is still the same exact character wielding some money that seems like with the storefront that he's running here and the scam he's seemingly pulling off is reasonable as to why that character has that kind of money what happens here we don't even get to hear the price of what this spatula costs other than the fact that this guy just knows that Spongebob can't afford it and that he can't even really look at it properly until he's willing to purchase it and then when he's purchasing it then and only then he's allowed to hold it to our surprise although Spongebob says I think I have some loose change around here and we hear some change dingling in his pocket as he's reaching for some money he pulls out hundreds to thousands of dollars in cash, throwing it in front of this guy's face. That is hilarious, along with the fact that what you would think would be enough for 
a spatula. This guy and his shifty eyes, according to his calculator, is nowhere near what SpongeBob would need to purchase this spatula, this specific le spatula. We then move on to SpongeBob's bedroom where Fred moves on with SpongeBob and we get this gag of SpongeBob busting open his piggy banks one by one thinking that the mere pennies inside would be enough to cover this le spatula. One by one we get another piggy bank open and I honestly wish there was an escalation to the amount of money that SpongeBob was offering this guy. We go from possibly thousands of dollars to pennies out of piggy banks to then the next gag being an entire diamond that Gary is somehow hiding under his shell, which knowing the amount of space in that place, that's incredible. That's an incredible diamond right there that we have. That's not even enough to afford list spatula. And even when SpongeBob sells his pineapple seemingly to this store, it is not enough for Lay Spatula. And it is only when this man sees the shirt, pants, and attire on this sponge that he decides that there is a price that is out there for this Lay Spatula. And it also includes your clothes. Which, that to me right there is the entire scam of this place. We didn't hear a dollar amount. Everything seemed to be by this gentleman's eye. It wasn't ever how much SpongeBob gave him. It literally wasn't until this man realized that he could take the shirt off of SpongeBob's back and that it would be the last possession that he felt it was enough to give up Le Spatula. Which is incredible that SpongeBob went along with that. I know it's an item of necessity. It would be one thing if SpongeBob gave up everything he owned for something silly like a piece of paper. I'm a guy who traded everything he owns for a, a worthless piece of paper. Hey, thanks. But it wasn't for something useless. It was for something useful for his job. So in some way you understand a little bit why SpongeBob would go this hard for a fancy spatula. He just got out of a breakup. And right after that, he finds himself in front of one of the fanciest spatulas he's ever seen. Of course, he's going to throw all his money at that spatula to make sure that spatula is in his arms. And then eventually he's left with nothing but that spatula. We get one of, again, one of the funniest little five-second bits of SpongeBob walking through town, walking through Bikini Bottom on his way to work, strutting his stuff, and I gotta say, I won't say the brand here, but that purple velvet bag that he was holding was incredibly suspicious. Especially for Spongebob walking in the nude through town. If you know, you know. Everybody he walks past is in a shock at seeing this sight. He makes it to the Krusty Krab, and you would think at first that the one person in the world 
who wouldn't want to see a naked SpongeBob would be that of Squidward. But I think there's an adverse effect here. The fact that naked SpongeBob shocks and offends almost everyone else around him is then what brings some positive joy to Squidward, I think. That's what's happening. Because I would imagine that SpongeBob walking into any place where Squidward is is already going to just lower Squidward's day. It's already going to put him in a mood. And then SpongeBob being naked on top of that. Like, what are you doing? You would think Squidward would get a little bit more angry about that, but he's excited. He's laughing. So I, I think that's what's going on here. He knows that it's going to be a disturbance to literally everyone else, so therefore he's excited about it. He even brings Mr. Krabs into the kitchen to show off the naked sponge, but it's there that SpongeBob unveils his purple velvet case of la spatula and unveils its beauty to the crusty crew. Not only that, but showing off a little bit of its capabilities in that it's essentially the Swiss army knife of spatulas. It not only has a detractable spatula from its top, but has multiple spatulas that can increase productivity eight to ten times of what you are currently doing with a single spatula. And it's through this demonstration that SpongeBob actually single-handedly convinces these two characters to pretty much ignore the fact that he's naked. This spatula is so important and is so good that it's worth me being naked right now. He doesn't necessarily say that, but it's pretty much accepted with how well this spatula can apparently work its magic. But when it comes to a single Krabby Patty, we find out that this spatula is holding a bit more under the hood than what was previously let on. You see... Whatever is running this spatula, it's not just a computer with some programmable spatula attachments. There is an entire AI inside of this spatula, which makes the decision to not even touch the grill of the Krusty Krab. When SpongeBob goes to try to flip this one Krabby Patty, the spatula, like, diverts away from the grill and then scolds SpongeBob in a French accent that it wouldn't want to demean itself to touch the kind of food that the Krusty Krab is serving. Regardless on how popular the Krabby Patty is, it's the look of the Krabby Patty that disgusts this spatula. Isn't that crazy? Here we have on the opposite side of the coin something that doesn't necessarily look the best. I mean... To those of us that like the Krabby Patty, and for those in the show that enjoy it, the look is fine by all means. But to this uptight French Le Spatula, the look of this Krabby Patty meat disgusts him. He doesn't want to touch it. It doesn't matter the numbers on how popular this thing is. It probably wouldn't matter that this food is the cornerstone to the town or this entire part of the ocean being on the brink of a post-apocalyptic atmosphere. It probably wouldn't matter then to Lay Spatula, who not only ignores any of SpongeBob's wishes, but grows legs out of its bottom half 
and essentially walks out of the Krusty Krab. You spent your entire life savings, sold every single item you owned for a product that can run out on you like that when it wasn't good enough for you or you weren't good enough for it. It ran away. There's some sort of allegory here of this story and something with a real relationship where after a breakup, finding ooh a, a new person and then they break your heart and then the other person is broken. There's something going on here. I'm not going to be the one to dive into that. I would have to with somebody else, but I'm not going to sit here alone and talk about relationships, especially with all of these suggestive positions that SpongeBob finds himself in with this spatula here that have been memed a little bit recently. I've noticed those have been popping up again and again. After the spatula leaves, which is incredible that that's even a thing. Can you imagine spending your hard-earned money selling everything you own on, let's say, a Tesla, let's say a car, something that at least you could think about just leaving. Buying a spatula wouldn't really seem realistic and a spatula walking out the door. But imagine spending money on some new Tesla and then that Tesla being disgusted at your driveway or wherever you live and just going, I'm out of here, just driving off. Possibly another part of the scam of this store where he's not only taking however much he desires for these items, but they can also leave and find themselves right back in that storefront, and he's just keeping the money. We have no idea if there's any sort of justice in the world of Bikini Bottom for shysters like this, but I imagine there's still something going on here. Maybe that's exactly what's happening. The spatula is now running back to that storefront. And the entire process starts all over again with an entirely new sucker coming in wanting a, a nice fancy spatula. But SpongeBob heads back to the hospital where he's talking to, to Spat again, apologizing for his moment of weakness. We get the doctor from earlier who then lets us know that he didn't end up getting the part, even though he was a pretty convincing doctor. I, I was pretty shocked at that, honestly. He then lets SpongeBob know that his spatula is not the one still in the bed that's snapped in half. This is a different spatula and that his spatula is in the recovery room where we get this beautiful shot, another one for the books, of the spatula in a wheelchair looking over. This is the first time that we have seen any sort of sentience with this spatula, not like less spatula, but it looks over at SpongeBob. We get the shot of it looking over and then turning away. It's covered up with a towel or a blanket of some sort in the wheelchair. The visual of this spatula in this hospital, the fact that they even have this wing still is, is hilarious. And this doctor, who is an actor but is still not only giving out decent advice to the patients coming into this wing, but is also helpful on top of him researching for this role. What is going on here in this hospital? I'm certainly interested. SpongeBob then finds himself groveling to the ground towards his old spatula, who is certainly feeling down and out over being left in the dust. And I'm not sure 
about how much of this spatula knows about less spatula, but I'm sure word went around that a naked sponge was strutting around town with a fancy new spatula that he spent everything he owned on. I'm sure that word got back to, to spat here in the hospital. SpongeBob is on his knees. He's groveling. He explains that he had to. It was for his job, which is actually BS on SpongeBob's part because I'm sure Mr. Krabs had another spatula in the kitchen and SpongeBob didn't need to head off in this wild direction of his life to get rid of everything, including the socks off of his feet, for a spatula that walked out on him. He could have gone right back to work, picked up possibly a spare spatula that was in the kitchen that, who knows, if Spat would have still been offended, but either way, I think that point on SpongeBob's part, although at first there's some validity in the fact that he needed a new spatula, the idea that he needed that spatula is completely wrong. We get this off-putting line here where it's it's not off-putting in the sense of bringing it up. It's it's reasonable as to why, but how and where it's certainly an out there moment where as SpongeBob is crying and pleading to his spatula, SpongeBob also enters the forefront of the frame and dead on to the audience just claims all that glitters is not gold, which is a common saying and has been said in many different ways in many different parts of the world, but has its origins at some point in those specific words, in that phrasing, to a William Shakespeare play, The Merchant of Venice, which instead of using the word glitters, the word glisters was used and is still of the time, the meaning of something just beautiful, bright, still had that same meaning. And the line itself was from a scroll from within a golden casket and reads as follows. All that glisters is not gold. Often have you heard that told. Many a man his life hath sold, but my outside to behold. Gilded tombs do worms enfold. Have you been as wise as bold? Young in limbs, in judgment old. Your answer had not been enscrolled. Fare you well, your suit is cold. Now we could break that down bit by bit, but we would be here for a little while. But the overarching meaning behind this is that when you find yourself at a crossroads and you see one path just looks too good to be true, it looks like a path that you really want to go down. You see something down that path that you want, you desire. And when we talk about things like shiny, it doesn't even have to be an object. It could be a person. It could be this idea that you have, that this is the golden opportunity of my life. This is the field on the other side of that fence where the grass is greener. Have you ever heard of that saying? Well, 
It's of the same cloth in some way. It's that even if you find yourself looking at something and it looks better, you may end up finding yourself to be wrong. It may just have the appearance of being better and may not necessarily be better for you, which is where we found SpongeBob in this episode. When his cries and pleads are not working on Spat, who ends up continually giving him the cold shoulder, SpongeBob ends up crawling himself in tears out of the hospital all the way back to the Krusty Krab in another crying fit, which I wrote in my notes was a little bit annoying. This was a moment where I thought the crying in this episode was a bit much. I think it would have made more sense here if SpongeBob didn't have that gag earlier where after the spatula broke, he went around town screaming to everybody. It's one of those, I think one would have been better if the other wasn't there. And I don't necessarily have an opinion on what gag would have been funnier. Maybe going up to everybody screaming about the spatula. But there was just a lot of screaming in this episode, a lot of SpongeBob crying. He gets back to the Krusty Krab, and as he makes his way back to the kitchen, he sees that Spat is back and is back to work, flipping Krabby Patties on its own, which is really creepy, if you ask me. Are these things really that sentient? Does Mr. Krabs not have the need to employ someone like Spongebob? Can he just employ the spatula? Which, by the way, the idea that the name Spat is the spatula's name, if you are a fan of Tony Hawk's Underground 2, one of the classic video games, then you will know of the name Spat. Yeah, if you know, you know. Another one of those moments in this episode. A lot of little... Easter eggs throughout this episode. I hope you enjoy those out there um, for those that do get them. But now that these two are reunited, another monster Krabby Patty is ordered. I'm sure that that customer couldn't have gotten enough. I don't even know if it's the same sauce from earlier or if it's someone else, but this item should not be ordered. As the meaty hands come in, drop off a meaty pile of Krabby Patty meat on the grill. Here we are. Yet again, at this moment in time, Spongebob goes to flip this pound of meat, and instead of the spatula breaking, his arms break, which, of course, we know he has no real pain receptors, so it's just a laughing moment for him as we end this episode, as we find ourselves pretty much right back at the beginning, which is always a nice little loop around for any Spongebob episode, and that, ladies and gentlemen of the Ready Crew, is all that glitters. There is certainly many lessons you can learn from SpongeBob SquarePants. This is among one of them that is going to stay true for your entire life. Not everything that looks incredibly fancy is going to give you the same use. In my world of retail, I run into plenty of things that I sell that, hey, objectively, I know it's a subjective thing, but objectively look fancier. It has the appearance that a lot more work has gone into it. But if you work around these things long enough, or you're a fan of just anything out there, you would know of those companies that make, and this is true for anybody, you could be into any hobby, anything you purchase, there are companies out there who make items that look fancier, they may even be more expensive, but they're not necessarily the best. 
You can go into any store, find anybody who's a fan of that store, and find items of such. I think of, like, if you went to Home Depot or Lowe's and you brought your 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 friends who were into tools, I'm sure that they could point out some tools or some tool companies in there that make some fancy-looking products, but in terms of their practicality, you're better off getting something that would not only save you a little bit, but would, would get a little bit more use out of out of the product itself. But that goes beyond tools. That goes into, like I said, any industry. You can point anywhere, and I'm sure there's somebody trying to make something look better. Even myself, even the captain is guilty of this, where I may spend a bit more time on the set behind me than I should, where I have this idea in my head where, no, the look does matter. And although it does to an extent, it ultimately is not going to come down to what my background looks like in what I'm producing, what I'm making. It's about the actual content itself. So even in that regard, in in a different kind of way, but in that same field, something may have the appearance of like, it'll look better, but it won't necessarily be better, which I'm not going to attest that to anything of what I'm making. But anyway, you get the gist. And if you don't, well, at some point in your life, you will come to a crossroads where you're going to make a decision and you may make a decision off of some arbitrary means of what's fancier, what's better, and you'll find yourself in the wrong place. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the purchase of an item. It could be in the pursuit of a relationship with someone or the pursuit of a friendship where it seems like it's going to be really good and then you find out it's not necessarily what you thought it was going to be. That right there is what SpongeBob still found out in this episode. All that glitters is not gold. Remember that statement and you'll be fine. Although, stick with the captain. I'll tell you where the gold is. I'll tell you exactly where all the gold is and it's not always right in front of you. Sometimes it could go right above your head. What's gold to me, and I know saying this may come off as incredibly corny or cheesy, but I'm really genuine here. All of you on the Ready Crew are gold to me. I, of course, make this podcast for myself. At the end of the day, I I do want to enjoy what I'm making, what I'm working on, the art that I have my hand in, and I make this for myself, and of course, with the intention that other fans out there would enjoy it in some way or find some sort of enjoyment on anything I work on, that's that's my ultimate goal. And when that number grows on, on YouTube and I see the subscribers go up, I'm humbled. I have imposter syndrome like no one else, and when I see that number grow, every time I open up the app, I just assume it's going to be one or two less than the previous day. And every time there's a little bit of an extra step up, I have to sit there and, and remind myself how blessed I am to have other people out there who genuinely enjoy what I'm producing. So I am blessed to have you. And if you're listening to this at this point, well, then let me let you know that your appearance today on the ship is worth its weight in gold. And I cannot tell you my appreciation enough for it. So thank you 
for joining me aboard on another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. If you would like to follow the captain on social media, you can do so. Always in the podcast description will be the links to any of my social media, including from the links within the descriptions of those pieces of social media. But if you would like to follow the captain at I'm Ready Podcast on Twitter and at SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. If you would like to support the captain, there are two main ways you can do so. The first of which is the most important, and it's the easiest for you to do, and it's clicking the subscribe button on the Captain Eric YouTube channel. If you're here now watching the video version of this episode, scroll down, click that subscribe button. It's easy, it's simple, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you for it. But if you would like to go the extra mile to support the captain in a different way, you can click on that Redbubble link in the podcast description below. It brings you over to redbubble.com, where you can find a bunch of Captain Eric logos and pieces of art that you can put on a multitude of different products, from hats, t-shirts, wall clocks, pieces of art that you can print of what I've made to place on your wall, or even stickers to have on your water bottle. Anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects, and it's always appreciated. I have a lot of appreciation to give out. I love each and every one of you out in the Ready Crew, and I hope you join me next week for another exciting episode. As always, please stay safe out there, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. The moment of weakness! <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> oh, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> All that glitters is not gold. <laughs>